Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want to thank you for your support. In this podcast, you'll get my views on lifestyle, self-improvement, and business, all in an aim to unlocking your confidence and helping you feel the best you can every day of your life. Also, at any time during this podcast or if any of my videos have helped you in the past, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on the platform you're listening to this. Five stars, of course, would be awesome, but I'll leave that up to you. Every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. So lock in and enjoy today's episode. There were a lot of amazing business questions on the last vlog that I'd like to get into. Um, and there's one specifically that kind of dives into or sort of starts the, the conversation about this whole thing of, of passive income. And that is from our friend Kadga5. Sorry, I just butchered your name. Anyway, he goes, business question. You've started um, or, or you've stated that you fully own Pete and Pedro and that you partially own Tish Hanley. My question is, why do you seem to do more marketing for Tish Hanley than Pete and Pedro? So this is an amazing question and it is absolutely true. I do own all of Pete and Pedro and I am a part owner of T. Shanley. One of the deals and, and sort of parts of the, the negotiating equation when I started with T. Shanley was, was, you know, in t- like Kelly brought, you know, cash and equity, Rob bought, brought something else. You know, for me, my value was my marketing and promotional ability. And so what I brought to the table when I said, yes, make me a partner in T. Shanley. This is how much equity I want. And for that, you are going to get, or T. Shanley, the company, is going to get one, two, whatever it is, you know, videos per month, me promoting it. You know, and then sort of you back out of the numbers. It's like, okay, so, you know, if I were to do a promotion for another company, this is kind of what the dollar amount would look like. So technically, this is what I'm investing in T. Shanley. And so since we started, that has been... That has been, you know, my thing. I have been doing, you know, two promotions typically per month for Tish Hanley. And one of the reasons why I have not backed off of that or sort of or lessened my, my, my promotion is because even though a lot of my customers, a lot of my clients, a lot of you guys have heard about Tish Hanley and I've talked about it, I still am incredibly effective in terms of a, a conversion tool and mechanism. So even though I've promoted the hell out of, out of T. Shanley over the course of the past like four years, it's still my job to talk about it. It's still what I bring to the table. Now, some additional things I bring to the table is, 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 is this vlog, right? That's another piece of content. I do four of those a month. Um, you know, the other, the other reality is that, you know, I feel like T. Shanley is it, like we are on the brink of like really kind of like like exploding and in terms of you know investment and and return on my investment i think that the potential for tj hanley to grow into like a crazy giant monster company that could potentially at some point be attractive to somebody to possibly you know acquire us or or for us to have some type of like big monster like equity or exit um, is is really really good and so with that in mind I feel like it's it's a good investment in my time and my promotion my promotional capital in order to continue to drive it plus I love the brand I love the business and I'm super proud of it it's also my largest business right it's a big business that being said, I do own all of Pete and Pedro. And one of the things with Pete and Pedro that I have been attempting to do is actually step back a little bit in terms of promoting it. 
One of the reasons why I agreed to actually hire Mike Levy from the Grooming Lounge to come on to help me at Pete and Pedro was that he sold me on the idea that, you know, it's not about you. It can't be about you. You are doing so many things wrong or not doing certain things in order to leverage your existing customers and really utilize like a mailing list and, and other like promotional mechanisms. And, and I was like, you know what, if it requires me to do less work, which honestly the, the secret is that it's made me do more work, just different work. And it's not as much about me. Hey, flash sale. Hey, buy this Pete and Pedro. Cause literally like every Friday at Pete and Pedro, I would go on and be like, Hey, flash sale this weekend only grab buddy, grab whatever. And, and, and I was discounting, discounting, discounting. He also got me into the mindset of you don't need to discount as much. You really need to pull back on your discounting that way. When you actually do a deal, when you do a sale, it's more impactful and you're honestly like wasting a lot of money because you don't need to give away this much. And so, um, so yes, yeah, so I, I, I purposely have pulled back some of my Pete and Pedro promotions. And the beautiful thing is that with the new strategy, Pete and Pedro this past year has grown 40% over the year prior, which it grew, you know, before, um, the year before. And so it's working and it's good. The goal from T. Shanley, even from like day one, is for me to like build it, like to really like champion it, to get it out there, but then for me to sort of back off and step back a little bit and allow sort of our marketing team and department to really, you know, raise the ship. And that's kind of what's happened. But that being said, I still am needed to continue to just put out content and to drive the message of T. Shanley because I do still have a large audience and nobody in the universe converts as well as I do. And I, I, I say in the universe, but literally it's, I, I am a very, very, very good, what I've come to realize is I'm a very good salesperson and I do an incredible job better than anybody that men, and, and, and I say that because, okay, so I'm going to toot my own horn here for a second. And I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, or you're going to be like, you son of a bitch, you suck. Um, <laughs> you probably say that anyway, but I am a great salesperson. And out of all the people that Menfluential Media represents, nobody can touch me in terms of conversions, in terms of traffic. There are other people that are good, but in terms of, of driving a message, converting a sale, brand awareness, I'm the king. I'm the champ! <laughs> I'm I, but there aren't many things that I'm like the best at, but honestly, that is one of the things that I consider myself to be really good at, and I love it. I love sales, I love the whole process, I love getting products that I love, that I'm passionate about, and talking about them. And I think when you do that, you know, your audience can see, and so I guess that's another business takeaway. If you don't love a product, you absolutely should not be promoting it, because your audience will tell, you will lose credibility, and that actually was one of the big things and the reasons why I didn't take that deal on Shark Tank the second time. They're like, hey, we want a piece of Alpha M. I'm like, okay, but then I thought, I'm like, yo, if their financial interest is tied to me promoting products, I'm gonna have a hard time saying no to something if it's a crap product. So anyway, now, a few more business questions that were amazing. Wait for it. So the next business question comes from our friend Anthony Marin. He says, my team and I are working on creating a business plan for a mobile coffee company, having a truck and fulfilling mobile online orders and are having some trouble uh, with industry background component. How do I identify areas of growth and market niches and define our market in regard to size of potential market and major, wait for it, uh, segments of overall market? Okay, so Anthony, I know nothing about the coffee industry other than I love coffee and I'm addicted to caffeine. 
I don't know how you go about, you know, going about this business. Maybe, you know, maybe start doing researches, maybe doing some research in terms of like what areas of the country has the most like, like coffee, like, 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 like roasters or, um, you know, what country or what, what, uh, what city in the country has, you know, drinks the most coffee or, you know, I mean, there are probably ways to do that, but in terms of fulfilling like mobile orders, like, like you better have like, 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 like a hundred thousand people within like a one mile radius. Like that logistically would be really hard. I think, um, you know, now the whole like food truck industry, you know, setting up a food truck or setting up some type of like coffee stand somewhere, um, in a busy area, maybe that's a better model. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it's about going and delivering. Oh, okay. 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 Go, here we go, right? <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. What about going to offices and basically taking mobile orders? So like every day um, you show up at a specific office that maybe has 20 or 30 employees and you know, each day, the day before they place their order, you show up and you, know, you, you make and, and give them all their coffee, you bring it to them. Um, that would be something where maybe you would have to sort of set up something with the business or something. I, I just don't know, but I think there's probably something. You need to figure out a way in order to get around a lot of people that drink coffee and, and sell like big batches of drinks as opposed to like one off and two off and three off. So in terms of this business, I love coffee. I love the whole truck concept. I just don't know the best way to direct you or advise you because I don't know exactly like what you're thinking in terms of how you're planning on fulfilling. Is this you going and, and delivering like cups of coffee to people or is it, you know, grounds of coffee to like businesses or, or, or homes? I just don't know. And I think when you identify what your specific like target is or what your business model is, then I think you could have an easier time or we would have an easier time having a conversation or directing you on the best way to sort of strategize and go about it. So if you want to clarify down below, we'll definitely give it a better shot next week. The next business question comes from our friend Kanal Large Sin Zala. <laughs> Talk about butchering a name. Uh, what's up, brother? Thanks for being here. He says, hello, sir. My question is, can you share your opinion on how to open online man's formal clothing line and how to start? Thank you very much. Yes. So, so the formal industry, I would probably start with something like, like accessories, right? Something that you can mass produce relatively affordably, and then trying to get a customer base, um, around that, you know, ties, pocket squares, cufflinks, tie bars. Um, I would go and look at the gentleman's gazette. All right. Raphael Snyder has done a really good job sort of like, like, cultivating his passion of high-end men's like accessories and selling it to the masses or his audience. Uh, but it started with a website. It started with the Gentleman's Gazette. And then he started Fort Belvedere, his sort of accessory men's like item line around that. But he's done a great job. I personally know him and, um, and he's a rock star. Um, his business does very, very well. It's like a seven figure business. So if that tells you anything in terms of the market, um, and then, you know, if you, you, you figured out an audience, you figured out a niche, you figured out products that they loved, if you wanted to then sort of scale into like formal wear, that's a whole nother animal. And there are so many complexities with custom clothing. Antonio Centeno, that's how he started. That's also the business that forced him into bankruptcy because it's a very tough business to do custom clothing and to do it at scale, it's even harder. Speaking of hard and scaling, now I think I want to wrap this video up by talking a little bit about 
this whole idea of passive income. Um, the one question that, that was brought up about me not promoting like Pete and Pedro as much as T. Shanley, one of the things that I have been working incredibly hard for, for since I started, honestly, is, is figuring out ways in order to make passive income. Passive income, for those of you who don't know, is you using your money or, or whatever money you have, have made or worked for, using that money in order to generate you more money, but you're not actually having to do the, the work. Um, our business uh, partner, Matish um, Hanley, Brian, he has a saying, he goes, I was tired of breaking rocks. He, uh, he recently helped founded a business um, a few years ago, and it's a really amazing, like super techie, like mind-blowing business, but he ended up getting out of it. And the reason was because he said, I'm just tired of breaking rocks, meaning I'm tired of having to work so hard. Gentlemen, I am, at, and you at some point are probably going to want to maybe retire, take a step back. But it's really difficult when you are solely responsible for generating all of your revenue, all of your income. And that is one of the things that I have been trying to do. And that is build revenue streams for me that I don't necessarily have to work for like long term. This is one of the reasons why I've gotten into real estate a little bit because I know that I can generate revenue from these, these buildings. I use a little bit of cash, I fix them up a little bit, and then I get rent every month from these businesses. Now, I don't do like rental units in terms of like, like houses and like, like apartment complexes, but I do commercial buildings. And so um, I own two commercial um, assets that I get rent and, and I get, you know, from the two, you know, including the one that I'm about to open and the other one, like I'm generating, you want me to be honest? <laughs> I'm generating like, like 18 grand a month um, just from the fact that I use money in order to, you know, build these or, or fix them up, buy them, and then, you know, they pay me rent. And so I, I get rent every month and that is, that is passive income. And so when you think about that, right, you think about opportunities, or when I think of things, I think of opportunities where, all right, I've raised this money, I've worked for this money, how do I use it, how do I leverage it in order to generate income that I don't have to break the rocks for? And this is something that each and every one of you needs to start doing. This is also one of the reasons why each and every one of you needs to start investing as soon and as early as possible. Um, Vanguard is a great company. There are a lot of amazing companies out there. Wealthfront is another incredible one. Kevin O'Leary, we were talking about Beanstalks, another possible option. But the fact is, the idea and the whole premise behind like retirement accounts, Roth IRAs, is that you're taking the money that you have earned, you're giving it to somebody else to basically manage to use, and they are going to use this money to basically pour, pour gasoline on the fire, as they say, make more money, and as a return of you lending them money, they're gonna give you or pay you a return. Investing, starting now, starting early, starting to educate yourself on this whole idea, you know, real estate is a very popular thing. The problem with real estate is that typically you need um, some, some assets or some cash early on in order to buy the assets, like 20% down, 10% down, whatever it may be. Um, you know, but anybody, literally like anybody can open an investment or a retirement account and start investing there. You know, some other things, um, the business that is going to be operating out of the church 
I am also a part owner in that business, all right? So I am the landlord. I am going to be getting rent off of that business, but I am also part owner of that business, which I'll be telling you about. We're actually opening on Tuesday, <laughs> which is crazy, super exciting. Tell you a little bit more about that soon. I've been waiting for, for Christian to come down and film like a big, sexy, like reveal, build, like reveal video. But the problem is that the sign on the front um, I need the sign to be there before I really do like a big sexy video. I don't want, I don't want to do a big, huge tour, reveal, and everything until I have the sign up. And it's just a, a thing that I want it to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist. Anyway, so investing that money and, and being part owner in that business, that is passive income. I am not working in that business, but it's going to hopefully generate enough that there's going to be profit that I'm going to then take a distribution for at the end of the year. Um, Menfluential Media, another business that I have that is, that is generating me passive income. Yes, it generates you know, leads and advertising for the FM YouTube channel, but we represent a lot of other guys. We take a percentage, and then I am part owner in that. And so for me personally, right now, I kind of feel like it's like a land grab, right? I've got all these flags and I'm, I'm sticking flags in the ground, just trying to figure out how I am going to build my wealth long term that I don't have to continue to generate, you know, YouTube content, you know, four or five videos a week in order to do that or make, you know, make the ocean rise, as they say. And so that's something that I've been very aware of and focused on. And it's something that if you are an entrepreneur, not only should you be focusing on your business, but you should always be looking for opportunities to possibly invest or use your talents in order to help something else grow that you don't have to do the legwork for that's going to generate you revenue and income. Because long-term, gentlemen, it is so sweet to have somebody else making money for you that you don't actually have to technically like work for or you've already done the work for and made the money for that you're allowing them to scale and use that money to pour gasoline on the fire, as Kevin O'Leary and the Shark Tank says. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out Enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.